You're listening to Dance Matters podcast series, created for the Interchange Festival and commissioned by Delving into Dance and Critical Path. In it, I speak to a variety of people who work with or are interested in dance. I begin each conversation asking them what are the first three words that come to their mind when they think about dance? Fun. Free. Fun, free and friends. From there, we freestyle into a plethora of themes that touch upon the relationship between dance and care for the environment. We speak about connection between dance and intuition. We dream about a world where everyone would dance. A world without judgment and with a greater sense of community. We look at the connection between dance and uncertainty and how dance could teach us to embrace the natural flow of life. And amongst all this talk about movement, we also consider the importance of stillness and silence, both in dance and in life. In the episode you're about to listen, you will hear from university lecturer in accounting, Nicole Sutton, for whom dance is a place to let go of judgments and create a world where everyone can express their inspiring uniqueness. Dancing is about letting go of inhibitions, reclaiming freedom and being more connected to ourselves and to others. This podcast was recorded on the Gadigal land of Eora Nation, traditional custodians of the land on which we live, work and dance, and we pay our respect to their elders, past, present and emerging. What three words come to your mind when you think about dance? Mm, three words. Uh, fun. Free. Oh, these are all three F words. But it's fun, free and friends. By mentioning friends, it sounds like dance is something that you do with a group of people. Yes and no. I mean, so I don't work with dance, I don't earn money in relation to dance or anything to do with my job. But I love to dance. I love to dance with friends. It's definitely one of those things that, you know, let's go out for a night or we want to have fun. Like, you're going to dance uh, together. I know I've got some friends and 
feeling a bit tired. Like, you know what? Let's just we gotta go, we gotta gotta go for a boogie sometime. Yeah, yeah. let's yeah, yeah, let's let's go for a boogie. Uh, and that is kind of synonymous with okay, let's go have fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's that aspect where I definitely dance with friends. But there's also an aspect of my dancing that I also really enjoy going by myself. Um, so actually going out by myself to like a, a nightclub. And I don't do it so much these days, but there, there was a period of time where I'd go out by myself uh, into a club and just dance by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love it as well. What would make you want to do that? I'd want to go out for a dance, you know. I'd want to go out for an evening. It's been a long week or it's on a weekend and I just want to go and have that freedom and sometimes no one else is available to go out but other times I've intentionally just gone by myself because there's a different aspect to when you go out by yourself particularly in kind of dance clubs for example you can just become one of the mass on the dance floor the lights are out and the DJ's playing like you're not you're not really there with your friends anyway everyone's just dancing by themselves it's very hard to talk Mm -hmm. so when you go out by yourself you have that complete freedom just to kind of join in in the mass without having to kind of check in with everybody and mm-hmm. um, you can just be there and be in that flow, which is, yeah, an amazing experience. Is that part of the freedom that you were mentioning? Yeah. So I think there's different aspects of freedom. There's freedom in terms of like that where you just go and you're completely anonymous, you have no identity apart from you're just, yeah, on the dance floor, a smiling face, you know, mm-hmm. and other people like making eye contact with you and smiling back and appreciating that moment Mm -hmm. so there's that freedom but you know even when you're with your friends like dancing is about you know letting go you know letting go of your inhibitions letting go of your physicality there's a physical freedom in it as well Mm -hmm. which is just yeah Mm -hmm. great and have you always felt confident and comfortable to do that no no Uh, I, i remember when the moment clicked because I, I when I was younger I remember being conscious that I didn't know how to dance this is when I was quite young just being having this awareness that I didn't know how to dance and perhaps it was because um so I have a younger sister and we get along great but when we were younger we really like to differentiate ourselves I was the one that was playing with ball sports you know outside playing soccer playing netball And she was the one that pursued gymnastics and dance. And I think because of that, I had this idea that I didn't know how to dance because I'd never done dance classes. But I remember the first time that I was at a friend's party, and this was when I was in primary school, so I was probably nine or ten, and it was a dance party in their parents' um, basement or den and there was that they'd hired like some you know disco lights and they were playing some music and and I just remember that night just being like I don't care I'm just gonna dance I don't even if I don't know how to at the end of the evening I don't know how this happened but the parents were giving out you know prizes for the best dancers now why they needed to do that I can't remember but it was like a scrunchie and they gave it to me and I was like oh like it was just it was actually really I was like oh I just I didn't think that I was good or anything like that. And they were like, yeah, you get the scrunchie. And and I think that was one of the moments that kind of clicked over in terms of being like, oh, just because you don't go to a dance school or have mm-hmm. lessons doesn't mean that you can't do it. 
um, mm. was one of the, yeah, that's what kind of that moment mm. represented. Mm. Mm. There are so many people out there who do still think that they can't dance and they don't dance. So having that experience that you had, what would you tell them to help them mm. overcome that inhibition? Yeah, I I think, I mean, it's, I mean, there's those really cliche things about not really caring what if people are watching or not. I think I would just recommend like just feeling the music and there's absolutely no right or wrong way of doing that. You are just feeling it and responding to it however you want. And the other side is that no one else really cares. Uh, <laughs> like no one, no one genuinely cares. Like chances are they are busy feeling the music themselves. And if they are busy feeling the music themselves, they don't really have time or space to really kind of look around and be like, oh my goodness. I think we're all potentially much more afraid of judgment than that what really exists. I do hear this, oh, I don't dance from people. And I'm not sure if it's a, something they just don't enjoy um, or if it's something that they're, they're afraid of or it's something that they've just decided long ago that they don't do. Um, mm. But, it, yeah, it makes me a little bit sad to think, oh, you wouldn't want to get in on that. I just, I don't know, because mm. I enjoy it so much. It's kind of a little bit hard to relate to. Mm. Um, but, yeah, you hear this, you hear this a bit, oh, I just don't do that. It's like, well, okay, mm. well, you're missing out, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Mm. And thinking about this not enjoying to dance, one thing that I read as I was researching this theme was a text by an anthropologist who wrote that dance was something that we have done innately. We danced and we even depicted images of us dancing before we invented other means of communication. So it seems to me something happened along the lines historically that we stop dancing as a natural and normal thing and came to that point where dancing is maybe not enjoyable although it was part of our nature which makes me think that not dancing is in a way removing ourselves from our nature and therefore from the nature as a broader thing mm. definitely i think the idea that somewhere along the way we've become disembodied really resonates like the idea that we're so busy you know in our heads or in our virtual worlds and you know in our lifestyles as well disconnected from a more embodied way of living where you have more physicality in your life generally you know I think that that's probably contributed to this kind of resistance when you when you're speaking about this kind of innate desire to dance I couldn't help but reflect on thinking about my little niece who's too and just like any other little kid who is completely kind of innocent of external judgment she loves to dance like it's definitely uh, innate in her she bops around and she bounces around and music plays big smile comes on her face and she's off and there would definitely be something about our physical environment that stops that happening that play happening uh, in our daily life but also, I guess, yeah, that social, the social conditioning that somewhere along the way you lose that innocence and you start worrying about how you look or what other people are thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, yeah, and then that's probably something that needs to then be overcome again mm-hmm. to get back into dance. Yeah. Mm. 
And as you were saying on the dance floor, although we are surrounded with people, whether they're friends or people that you don't know, it's happening in um, the relationship to other bodies in some way. But then at the same time, you were talking about it being your own space where Mm -hmm. you don't have to actually worry about judgments on how you move, which is that thing that at some point in our lives, we started to be too concerned about the image that we project and how we are perceived and how we are seen. And then it makes me think again about another thing that you said, freedom from that, Mm -hmm. bring yourself from that. You know, somebody said, don't worry about judgment because judgment is always an issue of a person who is judging. Mm. It's not your issue. The problem is not your movement. The problem is their mm. perception. Or you're, you're projecting that they are judging you. Like it's actually your perception of their judgment, whether or not it exists or not. But, yeah, it's that rather than the movement per se mm. uh, that is the problem. It's just this yeah. kind of mind game. Yeah. Mm. And in that, I think if it's fear that stops people from dancing then I think the thing that enables them to dance is a sense of safety, right? So where you feel safe to dance. And some people, to feel safe to dance, they need their friends around. And that's probably where they would think going out by yourself would be terrifying, you know. Oh, but, you know, I need my friends around and we're in a group and there's safety in numbers because we're all together. Some people, I think, need the safety of darkness, or at least the lights down, uh, and you can tell, right? So you're out in the dance floor, it's pretty dark, the lights come on and everyone goes, oh, you know, and they feel, oh, no, no. Or alternatively, the other way, you're out in an event and the music's playing, but no one kind of goes anywhere in the dance floor until the lights go down. <laughs> so they need darkness to feel safe. But yeah, well, I guess what I'm saying is also there's safeness in the anonymity as well, because no one knows who you are or like where you're going, or you're never going to see these people again. There's safety in, in that. Mm-hmm. You know, but there's all of those things I think are cultivating a sense that oh I'm I'm safe now um, to get over the some sort of fear mm-hmm. of yeah these judgments that might be held by others. Mm. But imagine if we extend this sense of safety to 24 hours every single day. So imagine the world where everyone would dance, and there would be no person who would think that they can't dance. Mm. And days would maybe even begin with a little dance, just like we brush our teeth and wash our faces and have a shower. What would that world look like? Well, it'd be a lot more colourful. And I think going to work would be much more of a pleasure, right? Instead of seeing everyone kind of a bit sleepy and needing their coffee and a bit down heading off to work, I think people would... Uh, there'd be pep in their step, you know, and they'd probably have a smile on their face. Um, I mean, you, you get the natural kind of endorphin hit. You've got probably some music or you've heard music. I mean, I, I do think that, you know, it brings in energy. And so if everyone was dancing all the time because they felt safe in their society too and they felt confident in themselves as well, um, yeah, imagine not having all this kind of this fear uh, that's kind of hanging over you, that gone, ah, it'd be a pleasure. Mm. Mm. Do you think it would be the world without judgment? I mean, it would be a world that would have at least one less fear, you know. It would have, be a world with one less fear and one less judgment. And maybe if that fear didn't exist and that judgment didn't exist, maybe others wouldn't exist too. 
because there must be so much mental work to go in. There is a lot of mental work to go in to not dance, to fight something that potentially is innate because you're worried about someone else, the, the way that other person is thinking about you, even though that person's probably a good person, but you're projecting them to be so, so mean that they would like think badly upon you because of the way you move your body. I mean, that's a lot of mental work. And imagine if all of that was just gone. Uh, yeah, that'd be beautiful. What would we feel in that space with? Yeah, probably more connected, you know, because that fear also distances us. You know, that fear of someone else judging you distances you from that person because you're already projecting that they would have a negative thought about you because of the way in which you move your body, mm -hmm. you know. So that has to create a distancing between you and that person. So if that was to be gone, then we would be more connected, more trusting, more happy to be around each other because we're not, you know, double-guessing someone else. Mm. Mm. Dance is obviously connected with movement, but there is this dancer and choreographer from UK whose name is Akram Khan, and he says that the only time he's still is when he dances. Hmm. What I think about when you say that, I mean, it's, a, it's an interesting statement. I guess I would probably imagine a stillness, an internal stillness, because I know this happens to me on a dance floor when I'm dancing and I'm really, really in it and just in that flow. It's one of those few times in my life that you don't have the chatter of your brain you know, because you're in the flow and being because you're moving and because you're just feeling, you're, you're not thinking anymore. And to me, that, the, that idea of being still in dance, I can definitely relate to the idea of being still of mind uh, and calm uh, and it kind of cleanses, you know, mm -hmm. you come out and you're, you're just kind of fresh without all the chatter that goes on inside. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that definitely happens with me. Just being in your element. Mm, yeah and just being in it as well you're not in you're not out <laughs> so this doesn't happen all the time when I dance sometimes I'm not feeling it that night and I try and I'm like oh I'm gonna yeah but maybe I'm tired and or maybe I'm not really feeling the music but I want to and I'm trying that's a completely different experience and then there's no stillness there's just a lot of then there's then I start to feel awkward and self-conscious and mm. Yeah, it's so much harder. Yeah, so mm. when you're in it, you're in it. But there can be times when, yeah, you're kind of in and out, in and out. Mm. Yeah, which is not a fun experience. <laughs> but at least you're aware of it. You have that mm. body awareness to recognize this process that you go through, mm -hmm. which is being able to recognize the process that you go through while you dance, but also probably while doing other things in life. It definitely gives a heightened awareness of yourself. And maybe because of those early insecurities that you haven't been taught to do this or that there might be negative judgments. So in one sense, there's still potential heightened awareness. Even now, if you're super confident and super comfortable, there's still that moment where you just you step over that threshold and then let mm. go. So And that stepping over that threshold or stepping over that old fear gives you that heightened awareness that you don't get in other things that you just do thoughtlessly. Mm. Uh, yeah, so that is one of those experiences where you're just like, oh, mm. oh okay, all right, yeah, no, I'm good. <laughs> mm. Or, oh, no, I'm not good. Oh, 
okay, I wonder why that is. As opposed to during a day where you're feeling crappy and you don't even realise it. I think you know if you're not feeling good on a dance floor. You can tell. Yeah, it's like body being heavy. Mm, yeah, body's heavy, feet don't really do. And also, I don't know about you, but I, if I'm not in it, I feel bored with my movements. I'm like, oh, I'm just so bored with these movements. I just, I don't know how I can do this in a way that is more interesting to me. And that's kind of a frustrating experience. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just stepping and then stepping and then stepping. I'm like, mm-hmm. this, I feel like I'm, I'm boring. And I'm, and I, in that case, I'm not even worried about what other people think. I'm, I'm like, I'm judging myself. There, being like, oh, I'm just, I feel bored here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are a few things I'm thinking of, but I'll go down this path first. It almost seems like it was a bit of a good fortune that you actually had an early insecurity that you then overcome, Mm. that gave you a certain sense of empowerment in thinking that there was something that you once thought you were not capable of and then you discovered that you can't do it. Mm. Yeah, I think you're right. I've never thought about that in that way before. But there is definitely an extra extra level of joy in it that must kind of go back to having overcome a time where I felt I couldn't you know and there's a joy in it's happening now fantastic but yeah there's a joy in like I'm doing this now there is that element where I probably appreciate it more because of those early experiences and those early insecurities Mm. Mm. it's more precious Mm. and then also I guess what I'm experiencing in those moments is that I can translate that in something else in my life. Mm. Like if there is something that I currently think of, no way I can do that. I reflect on those other things that I once mm. thought I can't do and take that journey into this journey and think, hang on, maybe I can. Mm. I probably am not as uh, reflective as that, but I definitely do think, I definitely feel more confident after I've had a had a dance, you know. Uh, there's a confidence, a self-confidence that comes after, like you walk walk out of a club. There's the there's an, an an additional confidence that probably is this the next kind of iteration of of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What does concept or term spatial awareness? signify to you how would you define it and how is it featured in your life um so when I think of spatial awareness I picture an individual in the center of something and they are looking out from within and they are to differing degrees so different levels of awareness conscious of their surroundings examples of spatial awareness so some some cases uh I'm very like I'm trained to be spatially aware so in my work uh part of my work I teach at a university and so when I walk into a classroom and I'm in a classroom I'm acutely aware of the space of that classroom and that and that could be the physical kind of infrastructure you know the walls the shape of the room you know how accurate it is Um, the location of the desks or the chairs and so on, the location of the students, Um, but also within that space the kind of flows that are happening as well. 
um, you know, the noise, how much people are able to move around, to what degree can they see other people or not. So in some aspects of my life, like I, I know when I walk into some spaces to kind of click into that zone mm-hmm. to be like, okay, so what's going on here? It's so integral to the quality of learning that can happen and the nature of the learning that can happen. So, for example, if you set up um, a classroom so that it mimics the kind of setup of a lecture hall, so you have the whiteboard up the front, rows of tables and chairs where all the students are facing the teacher, you immediately prime the students to be in a learning mode of reception because it's mimicking what happens in a lecture or in a movie theatre where something, some action is happening at the front and it's their job to sit there and listen and to receive. And if you want to have collaboration, you want to have the students volunteering kind of questions or ideas, um, if you want them talking to one another, it is just not going to happen in that learning space. Or maybe it will, but you've just set up a huge hurdle with the nature Mm. of that space. So if you want the students to be talking to each other, okay, let's move those desks out of the way. Um, At the very least, you've got to put them into little kind of group work tables where they're sitting facing each other. Even better, get rid of the tables entirely and move the location of the teacher away from the front where the board is and put them either in the middle so they're kind of coordinating or just put them in the corner. I guess in one sense what you're doing is you're communicating to the students this is how the learning is going to happen in this space, just by the physicality of it. And you're making it easier for them to do it as well. There seems to be choreography in that, the way the bodies are positioned in relationship to each other and to the objects in the space. Absolutely, absolutely. And when, when I kind of plan my lessons, like part of the planning of the lesson is actually thinking through the configuration of the space and how it might change as well. You have to actually plan out your spatial configuration, the kind of the dance of a classroom in advance because it absolutely will start to shape the flows, the conversations and the ways in which the students will be learning. Mm. That's interesting. So you're a dancer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, perhaps, perhaps. (laughs) So how would you engage with this question that I proposed at the beginning when I approached you to do this interview? Why does dance matter now? And I also want to separate it because there are two questions for me in there. One is why does dance matter in general? And why do we even ask this question? Why does it matter now? Mm. Why do we put this word now at the end of it? Mm. Mm. Yeah, two big questions. Hmm. I mean, in terms of the first question, in terms of why does dance matter? I mean, I kind of basketed in with thinking through why do many of the beautiful things that happen in how human life matter? So why, why does art matter? Why does music matter? You know, because they're beautiful, uh, they're expressive, they're the things that really make up the fabric of what's amazing about being human and being alive. But if I kind of think, okay, so what's special about dance compared to, say, even music is, is that, as we were speaking about before, you don't need an instrument to dance. All you need is your body. So it's something that anyone can do. Maybe a little bit like singing. 
<laughs> in a sense that dance is something that anyone and everyone can do that is just for fun, you know, or just to be beautiful, just to be silly, just to, to express, to have, you know, it's, it's a really kind of democratic art in one respect, you know, it's because it belongs of the people, you know, everybody can do it and everybody can express themselves, assuming they can get over those fears. Everyone can express themselves through dance. It's open to anyone. I think that's why dance matters is that it's one of those silly, beautiful things that humans do and we're lucky enough to do and it's something that everyone can. Mm. Mm. Now on to that second question, which I think is even perhaps trickier. Why now? Why, why now? Mm. I mean, maybe it's a little bit like we were spoke, speaking up before with we are at least kind of in terms of the lifestyles that myself and my friends lead and I, I think many people, we're, we are so disembodied. We spend most of our days in our heads or just sitting on a chair or without physicality. And so in that respect, dance is important now because it represents one of the things that we can do to release, to have that freedom. And whereas in other cultures or in other times, we'd have that physical connection with our bodies more regularly, these days, no, I think we really do need it even more so now. Mm. Mm. And I'm just coming back because I was raising this thing with someone else I spoke to and I quoted you on this beautiful sentence that you shared with me a while ago that, you know, replace judgment with curiosity. And I mentioned because we were imagining that world where everyone would dance and talking to her, I said, oh, maybe it would be a world without judgment. It was just such a beautiful idea that we could have a world without judgment because as you say, everyone can dance and the only thing... The only reason why some of us feel that we can't is that fear of mm. judgment and the fact that we are judgmental yes. people. Yeah. So we know that we are judgmental, therefore we project the mm. idea that somebody else could be judgmental. Potential for raising that is just such a beautiful mm. prospect. Yeah, and mm. especially now, you know, especially now where I think we have infrastructure set up now in our society that has definitely increased the level of judgment in terms of our technology, in terms of our social media, in terms of, I think, the attitudes that are portrayed online and in media. There's definitely, we have created a society now where it is more judgmental. If anything, judgment, judgment is on the increase, I think, where Anybody can critique another person at a distance with no real repercussions. And so we have critiques and assessments flying left, right and centre. So to imagine a world where people are free of that judgment or feel free of that judgment and are curious and connected and joyful, it does seem like a utopia even more so now. Thank you for listening to Dance Matters podcast series produced for the Interchange Festival and commissioned by Delving into Dance and Critical Path.
This podcast was recorded and edited by Ira Ferris, with music and production support of Trevor Brown. For other eight episodes in this series, see Dance Matters playlist on Artemis Project SoundCloud, and you can also listen via iTunes. (laughs) 